You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Greatest Joy, Part 2. Enjoy. Because of His love, His intimate love for us, He knows everything about us, and every thought that He has about us is a good thought. And I have a, a tremendous privilege of, of being a, like a Pez dispenser. How many people know Pez candy? With the dispensers, they still, they still make them, I think, right? It's kind of old school, but, man, they were fun. You know, you could get Batman, and he shoot those candies right out of his mouth, you know? Superman, Wonder Woman, all that stuff. A Spider-Man. Well, Paul said, he said, if I, if I do this willingly, then there's a reward laid up for me. He's talking about being a minister, being a preacher. He said, but if I do this unwillingly, then a dispensation has been entrusted to me. In other words, God's deposited something into me that I need to dispense to those God's called me to. So this, these last couple weeks, before last week, and as I was just spending time with the Lord and preparing, he, he started to share with us the greatest joy last Sunday, and, and then this week it's just, it's just elevating. And I believe what the Lord wants to dispense and give you this morning will absolutely change the rest of your life. And it will unlock some things inside of you that you may have been struggling with for decades. And it, it, it's, it's, it's very exciting. So I, I want to get right into it. I want to welcome you. If you're here for Highway Church at the first time, we love you and we bless you. And we want you to know God is crazy about you. All right? He, he's not looking down on you. He's thrilled about you. He has dreams about you. He's thinking about you around the clock, and every single thought he has towards you is a thrilling one. It's a, it's a thought that will make you just go, wow, that will, that, will, that will ignite your heart, that will unlock things inside of you, that will bring you into a, a, a place, a level, a quality of life that you may not think is possible, but it is because Jesus came that you personally might have life and might have it more abundantly. So would you just join with me in Facebook? Welcome. Father, we're here this morning. We're so excited. You brought us here for a reason and a purpose. I'm so glad that we don't have to go to church anymore, but we became your church. We became your sons and daughters, and we're gathering in this public place because we love you, and you've brought this group of people together for a purpose and a destiny. And Lord, it's just the beginning. We're so excited. Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to you. Do what you do best. Heal, deliver, set free. Reveal Christ this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we shared last week about the greatest joy, and we talked about the exciting things that are happening. We're getting ready. Next Sunday will be our last Sunday here at Personal Best. Yeah. We're very excited. And on the 14th, we will be having service at Dory Park uh, in, on 160 Middleborough Avenue in East Taunton. And uh, it's, it's going to be amazing. And one of the things that the Lord began to, to call me back to and to share with you was the foundation of why we do what we do. Let's start there. Then we're going to get into some, some great stuff. On Philippians 3, let's go to verse 10 instead of verse 8. Philippians 3, verse 10. 
And we started with these two scriptures, verse 8 and verse 10, uh, last Sunday. But we're going to start with 10 this Sunday. And I made a statement, and I said that if this is not the focus and passion of your life, you haven't started living yet. There are all kinds of things competing for your passion. You have to recognize that. Satan is not ignorant of, of God's love for you. He doesn't know all the details, but he, know, he knows God has a great purpose for your life. So he's, he's devised schemes to steal your passions, to take a hold of the, of the things that would move you in the right direction. And I, I'm feeling like a, in the Holy Spirit, I'm just tingling inside right now, so I really want to encourage you just to lock in, to lock, lock into what the Lord is, is ministering this morning. Hallelujah. But this, is a, this verse is a safeguard for you. This will lock in your passions. This will channel your energy. This will channel your time and your resources and your talents. And, it's, and it says this in verse 10, and this is the Holy Spirit writing through the Apostle Paul. He said, for my determined purpose. In other words, I've made a decision with my own will. No one forced me to do this. I made this decision. I have a new determined purpose, and that is that I may know him. Not about him. He's talking about an intimate relationship with Jesus. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving, recognizing, understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers. Doesn't exert over everyone. It's exerted, it's active in those who believe. So what you believe has, uh, affects everything in your life, Right? I want to focus in on that word outflowing. Outflowing. That's present tense. That means without uh, lessening, without variation or deviance, the resurrection power from the moment he rose from the dead is outflowing to mankind. The resurrection of Christ changed everything. Death and sin, death and Satan were defeated. Jesus defeated lack, depression, separation from God, sin, the curse of sin, sickness and disease. If that's true, then where's the victory? I mean, the world is a crazy place. A lot, of, a lot of evil, dark things happening in the world. Where is this victory that I'm talking about? Because it is true. And this is what we're going to focus in on today. How do I personally, how do you personally experience in your daily life the victory 
that Christ provided for you when he rose from the dead. And it has everything to do with what you believe about him and about yourself. Okay? God wants to instill in you the truth about who he is. But be aware, Satan's at work. He wants to distort and twist your picture of yourself and your picture of the Father. All right? But we're not ignorant of his schemes, right? We're staying with Jesus. So the resurrection of Christ is exactly what needed to happen for your power source to change. See, before, if you've put your faith in Christ, before you put your faith in Christ, before I put my faith in Christ, we were operating by a different power. The power of darkness or death was working in us. This separation from God, this not knowing his will, not understanding his nature, not really being sure of how he feels to us or how he would respond to us, this confusion, this darkness was operating in us. And in fact, in Acts chapter 26, verse 18, Paul described it this way, that that we would preach the gospel, that they would come out of darkness and into light, out from under the power of Satan into the power of God. So you need to know that when you put your faith in Christ, when you said, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I believe you, God the Father, raised you from the dead. Come and live in me. When you did that, everything changed. Now, depending on maybe your, your level of knowledge of, of what, what salvation is, you may have felt something you may have not. It, we're all in different places, been through different things. But as you gain knowledge of the resurrection power of Christ, you will begin to experience it more and more. You can't get through life and live the life God has for you without the resurrection power of Christ. Okay? The resurrection enabled what God wanted to happen all along, which is to live inside of you. If you've put your faith in Christ... And this is not a, a religious tradition. I'm talking about your living heart, your, your, your innermost being, being engaged, being locked into Jesus. All right? You can say a prayer and it doesn't mean a thing if you don't mean it. That's right? right? That's right? So you can go through a church's checklist and it doesn't mean a thing. You can go through every sacrament that man ever created. It doesn't mean a thing. The only thing that's going to open up the resurrection power of Christ in your life is what you believe. You've got to believe that he is who he says he is, that he did what he said he did, and that you are who he says you are. So if God is living inside of you, where is he living? In your knee? In your ear canal? God is inside of you, but where? Yes, in your heart. In your spirit is where he's living. In your spirit is where the resurrection power of Christ is. Now here's where the confusion comes in. The world doesn't know who you are. They don't know how we're made. They've gone into some of the craziest theories and ideas that make no sense in light of truth. 
If you want to watch, we just saw a, a, a good uh, movie. I guess it came out in 2017 or 2018. That, uh, is Genesis History? Last year, 2017. came out in 2017. It's on iTunes and Amazon Prime. Uh, and this was it, was, it was a, it was a movie where the scientists are asking the question, is Genesis history? Very good. I highly recommend watching it. They did a really good job. But it shows a, about the, the reality of the Bible actually uh, describing to us what happened in the beginning of creation. And that when it says the Lord, uh, you know, he made, he did this in, in, in one day. There was evening and there was morning in one day that it literally means one day. And they, begin, they go through the different layers of the earth. It's really well done. It's Genesis history. But the point that I wanted to get across to you, if you don't realize the power God has when he speaks, you're not going to experience it. We serve a God that speaks, and it is so. And it's, I remember, you know, at 19, started reading the Bible and the Holy Spirit was doing a work inside of me, and I, I just knew I, I had found what I, I needed and was looking for. And, you know, when the Holy Spirit teaches you the Bible, it's a whole different thing. And, and it just became very apparent to me that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I saw what he did. He spoke to things, and they changed. It's the same thing the Father did in Genesis 1 and 2. It was a dark, confusing, Satan was wreaking havoc on the earth, and he said, light be, and there was light. There were no stars or sun in the, the, in the, in the sky at that point. It was just his word bringing light. But my heart grabbed a hold of Genesis 1 and 2, and that same power changed my life. The Genesis 1-2 power is the, genesis, is the power you need for your life to be changed. That God speaks and light is. God speaks and you're whole. It's this simple truth that Satan has tried to steal from so many. God speaks, and it's so. So let's get back to you and how you're made. Where is this resurrection power? It's in your spirit. But there are three parts to who you are, and the world doesn't know this. The world will say body, mind, and spirit. Have you ever seen that? That's backwards, and it's wrong. Body, mind, and spirit. No, that's not how you're made. The scriptures teach us, let's put it up there, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It's good to know how you're made so you can function. I mean, I remember a friend of mine telling me he was trying to level out his yard because he had some work done, and, and he was kind of from the city, and he didn't have any tools, so he just got in his car and drove over his yard, and, which just doesn't work, you know, because it's not made for landscaping, Right? You gotta have the right, you gotta know what your tools are made for. You gotta understand how you're put together so that so that you can live the life you're made to live. So this is a very eye-opening. For time's sake, we'll just look at this verse here as far as spirit, soul, and body goes. We have a number of other verses to look at. It says, in the very God of peace, what's that Greek word? Arene, remember? What's it mean? To be set at one again. Untroubled, undisturbed well-being wholeness. May he sanctify you, W-H-O-L-L-Y. That means completely. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the truth about you is you are are three parts, spirit, soul, 
and body in that order. You are a spirit. God is a spirit. You are made in his image. Your body can't see spiritual things naturally unless something supernatural happens. Your five senses cannot detect spiritual things because we fell from that place, right? So you are a spirit. Your spirit and your soul are connected. They can't be separated. Very important to understand that. Your soul consists of your intellect, your will, and your emotions. Okay? That's not who you are. Those are just tools God has attached to your spirit. You are a spirit with tools attached. You have an intellect. You have a will, which means you can decide what you're going to do. You're free. We're free will creatures. We are created in God's image. Animals are not. They live by instinct. They don't, they don't sit around reasoning and figuring out what they're going to do. They just do what they're made to do. Despite what man may tell you, animals live by instinct. We don't. Okay, we're, we're made in God's image. We have an intellect. We have a will. And we have emotions. All right? These are tools that God has attached, given to our spirit, to, to help us experience him and accomplish our destiny. Now, your spirit and your soul, the Bible refers to as your heart, oftentimes. So when you see in the Bible, it's talking about your heart, it's talking about your spirit and your soul. Now, sometimes, depending on the context, it's maybe talking specifically about your spirit or soul. You have to look at the context. But your spirit and soul are together. Now, your spirit and soul are living inside of a mortal body. Right? You can pin. This is flesh. If my spirit and soul left this mortal body, the mortal body would drop. It'd be dead. That's what death is. It's when the spirit and soul, which are connected, can't be separated, leave this flesh. That's what death is. Now, spiritual death in the Bible is when your spirit is separated from God. When you put your faith in Christ, your spirit is united with God and made alive. All right? Now, here's where the confusion comes in. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, you don't have to turn there. He talks about the hidden man of the heart or the inner man of the heart. Most people don't understand what the difference is between the spirit and the soul or even that there is a difference. Okay? The Bible speaks of the inner man of the heart. In other words, you, in your heart, the inner man is your spirit. The outer man is your soul or the outer part of your spirit. Okay? Your soul is a gateway between what's in your spirit and what's in your body. It's like a door that can open or close. Okay? So no matter what's in your spirit, what you choose to do with your intellect, your will, and your emotions determines that it, whether or not what's in your spirit comes through to your body. Look at Hebrews 4.12. You, we said last week that you're not capable of fixing your own heart. I'm saying that for all of us. I'm not saying you, me, all, human beings, us. Not you personally, but you personally and me too. You understand what I'm saying? We, we can't fix ourselves. Man is trying, and I've seen such of the craziest theories, telling people you've got to 
try and imagine, climb back into your mother's womb to be safe and go all this goofy stuff that, that comes in no way from God. No. Man has these theories that try and fix you that do not work. Jesus is the only one that can take proper care of your heart. It's so important to understand that, your spirit and your soul. So you, you look at the, for the word of God here in Hebrews 4.12, says, for the word of God is quick and powerful, light be, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, even, look at this, to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. You can't do this apart from the Word of God. It can't be done. It is impossible. Mm -hmm. And of the joints of the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, the soul and the spirit. So I was a very confused young man until I began reading the Bible. And as I spent time reading the Bible, it began to, to clarify things inside of me. It began to separate the garbage from the truth. Didn't happen in a day. But I couldn't get enough of that. Still can't get it. I love it. And when I'm sitting there meditating on the scriptures in my Bible, here, I'm showing you my new Bible, right? Isn't it nice? But you got a hard copy Bible, right? You can't live without this. I'm telling you. This, now you, I understand it's just paper and ink, but the inspired truth of God is on these pages, all right? 66 books you don't want to be without. Genesis through Malachi in the Old Testament and Matthew through Revelation, all right? Now, I understand, again, if you toss this into a furnace, it'll burn up, but that doesn't change the word. But, so we have, we have a book that is unlike any other book, okay? Get a hard copy of this book and eat it day and night. Sit down, meditate on it. Make time in your life to go through these pages and find out who Jesus really is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. So as you'll meditate on this word, this is a great, this is one of the earlier verses in my life that I memorized. First one was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but this was right up there, probably in the top 10 or 20. It's such an important verse that the word of God is able to enable me to discern between what my spirit is telling me and what my soul is telling me. Amen. You will find they want to fight sometimes. This is when, when Paul writes in Romans, he said that you might be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your, your thinking. That's the soul realm. So when you gave your life to Christ, your spirit was made new. And the resurrection power of Christ is now in your spirit, whether you feel it or not. It's tingling in me right now. But whether I felt it or not, it's in there. As you begin to realize that and renew your mind, change your thinking, you'll begin to experience it more. It's an amazing thing that you can, but if you don't change your thinking, you won't. That's why you have Christians living no differently than people who don't know Christ. And it confuses others. They say, well, they know Christ, then why are they doing those kind of things? You know, because they haven't changed their thinking. So if you don't change your thinking, the life of Christ is locked inside of you. It won't come out. But as you begin to study the Scriptures and meditate in the Word, that door starts to open. Your soul. And the life that's in your spirit starts to ooze out into your mind and your body and change you. Okay? God works from the 
inside out. Was it Thessalonians says work out your salvation? Or is that, I don't remember, Ephesians. Work out yourself. Now, that's the opposite of religion. Religion says God's out there somewhere. And you got to try and find him. That's not what the Bible teaches. He works from the inside. He came to live inside of you. Don't look out there. Don't look in the world for God. Look in your heart. Jesus said the kingdom of God is where? Within you. Right? So if you've put your faith in Christ, he's living inside of you, in your spirit. But now you've got to change the way you think. You've got to let his thoughts become your thoughts. And we do that by learning the scriptures. Okay? I mean, Philippians 3.10, 3.8, those are verses I've memorized. This is a verse I've memorized. Number, I've, for hundreds and hundreds of scriptures, I've gone over it. They're just in me. And it's absolutely changed my life. And you have some, some Christians that are struggling because they haven't learned this book. And I'm not talking about memorizing the whole book. I'm talking about finding the promises, finding out in here what God has done for you. It takes time. That's why coming to a place like this is vital. Listening to the podcasts that, that we put out for free every week, vital. Hearing good messages that teach you about who you really are, what God has done for you. Right? So God works from the inside out, this inner man, this spirit man of the heart, and your soul, and then into your body. So your soul is the door between your, your, your spirit and your body. And I, your soul determines your focus. It's like the lens, you know, on a, on a uh, camera or a telescope. It determines what the rest of you is going to focus on, what you decide to think about. Take control of your mind. God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Don't listen to Satan anymore. You have control now. Jesus is your Lord. He's given you the keys back to your life. You do have a sound. That's exactly right. Now, and I, you know, it's funny, as all this was rolling around, as I heard uh, Greg Moore, uh, M-O-H-R is his last name. He's uh, uh, out at Karis Bible College in Colorado. Highly recommend. He's going to be coming here in April, I believe, which I'm really excited about, to Highway Church. But um, excellent message. He was talking about prospering in your soul uh, from Third uh, John 1-2. But, and I love how he said this, it's so good. Your soul is a magnifier, like a magnifying glass. When when you can't, if there's something you can't see and you need to make it bigger, you get something that magnifies it. That's what your soul is like. It magnifies whatever you're focused on, whether it's good or bad. See, we have to understand that. We're free individuals. What we believe doesn't determine what's true, Right? So important. But it does determine what comes, becomes bigger in our life, whether it's true or false. So if I focus on something that not, that's not true, it's going to become bigger to me. This is so important. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Right? What was she doing? Exalting him. He just told her who was a virgin she was going to have a son. That would take some faith, wouldn't it? That can't happen. 
any other way but by God. Listen, there are things God wants, not that. He's not going to do that in your life. That only happened once. But there are some things he wants to do in your life that are going to take a whole lot of faith. Because he's God, and he's bigger than our imagination. He's bigger than what we've been through. He's bigger than what we've decided is possible. So your soul will magnify whatever you focus on. This is, will set you free. So when you were born again, not only did, the, the, did God make your spirit new, but his, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead came to live inside of your spirit. That's something to meditate on. Let's look at some scriptures on this. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you if you're born again. Wow. The very spirit, the same spirit that penetrated death and hell and raised up the son, is a, that means you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Jesus said it this way, John 7. Let's go there. John 7, verse 38. Stay locked in. Stay locked in. Jesus, you're so good. Look what he said. He that believeth on me, this is Jesus talking, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, now what does he mean? Your, your digestive system? No, your spirit. So you have to, you, you understand there are figures of speech in the Bible, right? Sometimes people will read a figure of speech in the Bible and they'll take it literally and get very confused. He's not talking about your, something coming out of your stomach. Although he said belly, it's a figure of speech. Out of your spirit, Right? Shall flow. Remember outflowing from uh, Philippians 3.10? The resurrection power of Christ is outflowing in believers. We're conduits for the resurrection power of Christ everywhere we go. It's outflowing from the throne constantly. It's like when Jesus rose from the dead, he, he opened something that can never be shut. This outflowing resurrection power. Remember I told you last week about that well my grandpa would take me to and this water just kept flowing out of the hill? It didn't matter if anyone drank it. It just kept flowing. You wouldn't benefit from this well unless you got your empty chugs and you came to it and you filled them up and drank it. The same is true of the resurrection power of Christ. You've got to know it's in you and you've got to meditate on the reality of it or you're not going to experience it. He says, he that believes on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall continually flow rivers of living water. The Amplified, let's put that up there. He who believes in me, I like how it clarifies beliefs. Because sometimes you say, oh yeah, I believe it. No, Bible believing is your whole person is engaged. I know this. And no one's going to talk me out of it. He who cleaves to me. Trust in, relies on me. As the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously. Amen. Springs, rivers. I like that. Springs and rivers of living water. Philippians 4.13. We're looking at the life that's inside of you right now. Not when you go to heaven, right now. Philippians 4.13 in the Weiss describes it this way. I am strong for all things in the one who constantly infuses 
strengthen me. Where? From your spirit into your soul and into your body. So this outflowing, nonstop power source of Christ's resurrection is, is, is endeavoring to get through your soul to, to make your, your intellect and your emotions whole, to heal you from things of the past and make you strong for your future, and to get into your body so that your body will be whole. He's constantly infusing strength in me. That's a good, so what you do, you don't just read the Bible, you say it about yourself. In other words, this is a promise. We're looking at promises here. So just reading the Bible is not going to do it. You need to know that it's true for you now. So you read this scripture and you say, okay, that's me. I am strong for all things in the one who constantly infuses strength in me. You begin to say that about yourself regularly. Let's say it together. But when you say this, I want you to believe that that's true for you right now. All right? So you're saying this not as a religious practice or tradition. You're saying this so that your soul will realize it. Because you know that your soul is listening to you. It's watching everything you watch, listening to all the music you're listening to. You're giving your soul a message around the clock. You need to give it the right message so the life in Christ inside of you can come out. How are we doing? Let's say this together. We believe it's true about us. Ready? I am strong for all things in the one who constantly infuses strength in me. Let's do it again. I am strong. For all things in the one who constantly infuses strength in me. Again, I am strong for all things in the one who constantly infuses strength in me. I don't know how many times I say scriptures in a day. I just go around saying them to myself. What am I doing? I'm changing the way I think. I'm, I'm keeping that door open. I'm getting it to open wider. Yes. Right? So it's in you. And, and when you begin to believe it, to, to meditate on it, to think that it's true, it starts to open the door of, between your body and your spirit. And it starts to ooze into your thinking, ooze into your mind. Heal your emotions. Heal your body. Now, if there's anything you believe about God that is false, it blocks that flow. That's why Jesus said you make the word of God of no effect in people's lives by your traditional teaching. So if you've grabbed a piece of information from somewhere that's false about God and you believed it, it blocks the life of God in you from flowing. I mean, the simplest example I can think of... now. Well, it is healing. Now, most Christians, I think that's kind of what Satan has done. He's, he's tried to make a, you know, narrow what we believe about God to the tiniest little bit, you know. Well, I believe that he exists. That's not going to help you. Right? Well, I believe that, um, you know, if I, if I do these 172 things that he'll probably forgive me. That's not going to help you, you know. So, you may not understand this yet, but the truth is that your physical healing, 
is just as much yours as forgiveness of sins. That when, when God forgave us of our sins through his son, he provided healing for our bodies. It's, it's just as sure as you being forgiven. So now you know this because in, in, we're taught that anyone can come to Jesus. Hopefully you're taught that, right? That no matter what a person's done, if they come to Christ and put their faith in Christ, they're forgiven of that, right? And they're washed clean forever. We should have that same confidence in healing. Just as sure as we're forgiven, we're healed. Why, don't, why do so many not have that? Religious teaching, religious tradition. They've been told that it's a case-by-case basis and we don't know if it's God's will for everybody. And they've believed that and that's closed the door in that area. Stay with me. Don't turn it off. Facebook, stay with me. Don't turn this off yet. Get the whole package. Open the whole box, Okay. Look at Galatians 2.20. I love this. This is the, the Passion Translation. For the anointed one, who's that? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, right? Lives his life through me. Where is he? In your spirit, right? We live in union as one. My, I love this part. I began saying this. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. Let's say that together. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. Not by my willpower. Not by my self-effort. But by the faith of Jesus. Wow. My new life. Let's say it again. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. Again, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. Say that all day long and watch what happens. Watch how it changes your person. Who loves me so much that he gave himself for me. And look, and dispenses, there's the Pez candy, right? And dispenses his life into mine. How often? Constantly. Are you getting this image? Christ is in you, constantly infusing you with strength, constantly dispensing his life into your intellect, your emotions, and into your body. But you have to know that and believe it, or you won't experience it. Yeah, exactly right. So let's say that part again. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. And let's say that. He dispenses his life into mine. Again, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. He dispenses his life into mine. You've got a pain in your body. What do you do? Meditate on this. He dispenses his life into mine. His life takes every pain away. You have something in your body that's not working as it should. Meditate on this. He dispenses his life into mine. He dispenses his... We're not asking... He did this of his own initiative. We didn't ask him to do this. We didn't plea for it. It was completely his plan to dispense his life into you. 
but so many believers are asking God to heal them or asking God to do this, and they don't realize he's inside of them wanting to come out and do it. But you've got to know it. What does it say? My people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge of this. Knowledge of God. Knowledge of who he is and what he's done for us and who we are in him. They're asking God to do things that he's inside of them doing, but he can't get through the soul. The door shut. Open the door. Believe what he said. Begin to say it with your mouth and believe it in your heart and open that thing up. Let the life of God inside of you flow into your intellect, into your emotions, and into your body. Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verse 18. Let me make sure we get all these in. Okay, we're going to do it. You're not tired, are you? You with me? You awake? I'm, I'm stirring inside. I'm telling you, this Holy Ghost. Fused with strength. That's right. He's going to give you strength to... Sit through the rest of this message. All right, that's good. Now, this is a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the believers in Ephesus. This is one of the best prayers you can pray for someone or for, someone or for yourself. And sometimes there is someone who may need something, whether it's forgiveness or healing, and someone will say, you know, can you pray for that person? But I don't, I don't say, but I know in my heart they're, just, they're not even going to receive it. They're all blocked up inside. So what I pray is that this prayer for them. Because if they can just see how good God is, if they can just realize what he's done for them, they won't need to ask him for anything. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So this is what Paul prayed. We're not going to read the verses prior to that. But he said this is what he prayed for them. He prayed that the eyes of their understanding, what's that? Their soul, their intellect being enlightened so that you may know what is the hope, the confidence of his calling on your life. What has he made you for? What, have you call, what are you called to do? So that you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Let's put that up in the Amplified. The Amplified will help you understand this a little better. Uh, 18, yeah. So this is my prayer. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, that's not your spirit. Your spirit's full of the light of Jesus. Your soul is not. You have, to, make, you have to, to, to open that door so the light of Christ can come into your thinking. Okay? Yes. Flooded with light. So that you can know and understand. That's your intellect. You need to know it up here, just like you know it here. So that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. The confidence is what that word means. And how rich you really are. How rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints? That's you. I didn't know a saint was a believer when I was a kid. I was told, it, you know, I just, I just saw them on, on shelves and on, you know, these, these statues. I thought, okay, those must be saints. No, a saint is someone who's put their faith in Christ. You don't need any counsel of man to call you a saint. God calls you his own. You're a saint if you believe in Christ. Isn't that amazing? What is a saint? A set-apart one. Someone that lives differently. Someone that operates by a whole new uh, method, right, through faith in Christ. Now look at this next verse, verse 19. And so that you can know and understand. Talking about your soul again, right? Not so that you can have it inside of you. It's already in there. 
but so that with your intellect, with your reasoning, you can be sure and certain what is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power, where? In you. Now. I love this. I don't have to go anywhere. I just got to believe. I just have to know what's in me, know who's in me. So many believers see themselves as separate from God. And they've got to petition him and cry out and fall on their face. Hopefully he'll do something. That's not what Jesus taught. He's inside of you now. And he wants you to believe that. So he's praying that they would know and understand the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power that is in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, verse 20, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The same powers in you, are you kidding? No. You should begin to think this way. The same powers in me. The resurrection power of Christ is in me. Let's go to back to verse 19. Let's say this. The immeasurable... The unlimited, I'm sorry, next, next verse. What did I do? Did you skip it? Verse 19 amplified, sweetie. There you go. The immeasurable, the unlimited, the surpassingly great power of Christ is in me. Again, the immeasurable, the unlimited, the surpassingly great power of Christ is in me, working in me, working in me, 24-7. The immeasurable, the unlimited, the surpassingly great power of Christ is working in me. It's working in me. It's flowing through my soul into my body. The power of Christ is flowing through my soul into my body. It's flowing from my spirit through my soul into my body. Amen. So you see the difference. We're not just reading. We're grabbing a hold of it and making it our own. We believe that this is true for us right now. I didn't always believe that. I had to learn that. That's why you got to listen to good messages. Oh, you can listen to messages from churches that just ain't going to help you one bit. Not a bit. In fact, they'll bind you up. They'll confuse you. They'll cause more confusion, condemnation. you gotta, you got to discern what you're listening to. Is this bringing life to me? Or is, it, or is it alienating me from God? Is it causing confusion? Is it causing me to feel condemned? Don't just listen to a message because it's a pastor. Or any, any form of... I don't, the only people I truly take to heart what they say, I've I got to filter what they're saying through Christ. Is this life and life abundantly? Or is this man's ideas? Okay? Only you can determine what you allow in your, in your thinking. You're the only one that God can't do that for you. He's, he's equipped you to discern, okay, to make up your mind. Am I going to believe this or am I not? 
the safest place to be is believing him. There's no one, no one more kind, no one more compassionate, no one who understands you more, understands you uh, to the very uh, yes. subatomic particles of you than Jesus. No one. No one else made you. He made you. Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says this. This is a doozy. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Okay, we can agree with that, right? How about the next part? And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Because he's living in you. <laughs> New American Standard says it this way. Put that one up there. And in Christ, you have been made complete. What? Surely that's a, a fantasy. It might seem like that to you now until you start meditating in this. In Christ, you have been made complete, whole, healthy, strong, at one again. See, God wants your spirit and soul and body to function as one as he designed it. Where the life from your spirit is flowing through your soul into your body. In him, say that, in him... I have been made complete. In him, I have been made complete. I am whole, filled with the fullness of God. I'm filled with the fullness of God. Look at the Amplified. It, 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 this is so good. For in him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Now, that's Jesus, but you, this has to become real to you. Verse 10, and you are in him, made full, and having come, past tense, to fullness of life, in Christ you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. <laughs> so I took these different translations. See if I remember how I do it. I, I made a confession for myself, a statement of faith. I said, uh, let's see if I remember. I have been, uh, no, I am in Christ, brought to fullness and made complete. I am in Christ, brought to fullness and made complete. Let's say that. I am in Christ, brought to fullness, and made complete. Remember, the Word of God is quick and powerful. As you're speaking it, it's working inside of you. It's rearranging things. It's, it's discarding the, the junk and replacing it with life, right? I am in Christ, brought to fullness, and made complete. Then I say, I have been made full. See if I remember it. I have been made full. Uh, I don't remember how I say it now. I am in Christ, brought to fullness, made complete. I am in him, made full, having come to fullness of life. That's what I say. But I put all these scriptures together, and I, I declare them over my life. Amen. You have to do this if you want the door to open. Amen. Okay? Now, oh, we're almost to my, my, the, the, the kicker here. We're, we're almost there. All right. Now. Oh. I think this is the kicker. <laughs> so you've got to do this if you want that door to open. 
Now, put up Revelations 3.20. Revelation 3.20. Do you have that one? Oh, maybe you don't have it. Did you put, did you put that down? I don't remember if I gave it to you. You could put up there anyway. It's, uh, King James is fine. Yeah. Now, this is the book of Revelation, okay? This was given to the Apostle John. Christ appeared to him when he was exiled. Now, according to, to, to historians and, and from what I've read, I get, from what I've read, the Apostle John was persecuted, and they attempted to execute him multiple times. And I, I've read by boiling, by uh, injecting with poison, different things, but it didn't work. This is the same guy, if you read his gospel, the gospel of John, he refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Stay with me on this. He changed his thinking. He was different than Peter. Peter thought of himself as, as the apostle who loved Jesus more than anybody. And he was the one who denied him three times. Here's a switch. Peter was thinking of how much he loved God. John thought of how much God loved him. And they couldn't kill the man. So I want to think like John thought. I'm the one Jesus loves. You are too, but you've got to know that. This love changed his life. They called him the apostle of love. So they couldn't kill the guy, so they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos. And they still couldn't stop him. Christ appeared to him, and he wrote Revelation. But I want you to understand what, he, what is written here is Jesus speaking to his church. Show you how religion mixes us up. This is used as an invitation for an unbeliever to receive Christ. That's wrong. That's not what this is going on here. See how tradition robs you of things? This is not Jesus talking to an unbeliever to come to him. Read it. We're not going to get it take time. You read the context of this. This is Jesus talking to those who are born again. We okay? Did I step on some toes? It's all right. This is Jesus talking to his people who are born again. Read it. Why would he be saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock? Where is he living? Isn't he living in you? What door is he talking about? The soul. He said, open up your soul and let me in so I can change your life. I'm knocking on the door. Not your spirit. I'm living in your spirit. But there are doors in our lives that we haven't opened to Christ yet. Come on, you go in the house, there could be all kinds of closets and crawl spaces, and that's what our heart can be like. Not our spirit, but our soul. And over time, we've been through all these things. We've, start, we've created this little crawl space over here because of what so-and-so did to me. We've got a, you know, a, a, a partition over here because of what we went through 10 years ago. We've got all these little spaces and closets and attics and basements. And Jesus is saying, open the door. I want to fix you. Let me in so I can make you whole. Wow, does that change that verse? He wants to show up in every dimension of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why 
our soul is so important. We said last week that your desires, what you choose to desire, are like coordinates on the map of your life. You're going to follow after those things. That's why Philippians 3.10 is the key to life. I'm choosing to desire Christ more than anyone or anything else. I'm choosing to know him more. That's more important to me than anything or anyone in this world. That begins to open that door. Because if he's not the most important one in your life, there's a lot of temptation to shut that door again. Okay, I'm going to heaven, but for right now, I'm going to do things my way. Right? And then, you know, I'll be in heaven, but I'm just going to live my own life and do my own things. And he's, you know, Joseph, Joseph, let me in, let me in. Come on. He's in there, but he wants to come out. So what we desire, what we focus on, what we choose to put our intellect and our emotions on, it's our focus and it begins to magnify in our lives. This explains so much, and I just don't have time to go into it, but this really explains a lot as to why people think the way they think, why they do or do not experience certain things that God's provided for them, it all has to do with what's going on in their soul, in their intellect, in their emotions. God heals the brokenhearted. That includes your soul, right? Your spirit and your soul, your emotions. Isaiah 26.3, we're going to wind this up. One, two, three more scriptures. So what you have chosen to desire determines how open the door is. Say it that way. What you choose to desire determines how open the door is. And you know, if the door is open just a crack, not much can get through there. Right? Everything that God instructs us to do, we're going to look at this verse in a moment, is for our benefit. Everything God instructs us to do is so that the door will stay open. I can shut that door anytime by choosing to believe something that's not true. Anytime. In fact, the more I deviate from what God has said, the, 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 how do you say it, the closer, the more closed the door is, the more the door starts to close. So if he said something and I start, quite, you know, I start, eh, well, I'm closing the door. That's why the centurion could experience and amaze Jesus. His faith, he, he had that door wide open. You just speak the word and it'll be so. Wide open door. What's a closed door? Well, I don't know if God hears me, and I don't know if He wants to heal me. I, you know, I just will just pray and believe that God has some divine purpose in whatever happens. That's a closed door. God can't do a thing in that situation. Many believers walking around with with locked doors, and what has locked their doors is their traditional beliefs. Man, this is big. You will guard him 
and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose door is open. How do you open your door? Whose mind, it's talking about your soul, both its inclination and its character. I can't afford to watch porno films on, on the internet because my mind and my character needs to be stayed on him. Sin closes that door. See? My, my private thoughts can't afford to be contrary to God's nature. I can't allow immoral thoughts to stay in my mind. I forget who I was talking about this, but I remember years ago, I mean, this may be, I don't know, 20 years ago, when the internet was still kind of coming on, and it was me and another pastor sitting in a church sanctuary doing some research for ministry, and we were clicking on things online, all of a sudden this porno video just popped up. Weren't looking for it, you know, and we just, you just close it, you move on. It, it has no effect on us. But the, what I'm saying is the enemy's trying to, pew, 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 you know, to try and expose you to some things you don't need that are going to close that door, right? Now, what would have happened if we just started watching that thing, meditating on it, then went to another one and another one? What are we doing? We're slamming the door shut, right? And God's, don't do that. Everything he desires is for your benefit. He wants the door open. I can't afford to get drunk. I have a destiny to fulfill. I can't afford to stick something into my body that doesn't belong there. I can't afford to be on drugs. Why? I want to be whole. So you need to start seeing this stuff for what it is, poison. Poison that will block the life of God from flowing in you. Keep that door open. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. Not doesn't visit you every now and then. It's stayed. I have one channel. We have one channel in our mind. That's all. We don't have 300 like cable. We have one. Jesus. We're always on the Jesus channel. And if the devil tries to get the remote and change it, mm -mm. we're staying on the Jesus channel for the rest of our lives because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Do that in the message real quick, and then we're going to wind this up. Message. People with their minds set on you, you keep completely whole. People who have subscribed to God's cable network, people who have stayed on the Jesus channel, you keep completely whole. Steady on their feet because they keep at it and don't quit. Okay, here it is. Philippians 4. Boy, there's just so much here. It's just so good. So God is asking you today to change your focus. He wants to open the door between your spirit and your soul so that all that he has prepared for you will begin to flow in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what, I like Psalm 121. Let's say, I lift up my eyes to the hills. What does that mean? Was God in the hills? No, I'm, I'm shifting my focus from what's going on around me to who made me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up. Change your focus. Look to the one who made you, not what's going on around you. Now, Philippians says, rejoice in the Lord always. This is the channel we live on right here. That's, a, that's a, quite a statement, isn't it? Rejoice, be happy, delight, gladden yourselves in him always. 
Why? That keeps the door open. It keeps the door open. The message uh, says, celebrate God all day, every day. I love that. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in him. Start doing it. God, you're so amazing, and I love you, and I praise you. Start celebrating his love for you. Take it with you all day long. It will open up that door. It will bring healing to your soul. Let's first just, uh, oh boy, this is so good. I'm just dropping some stuff here as we get to the end. Verse 8 in the Amplified. Do not fret. I'm sorry, verse 6. Sorry, verse 6, Amplified. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Why? Closes the door. Worry, fear, anxiety, depression, condemnation will begin to close the door to what God wants to do in your life. That's how we work. We weren't made to be depressed. We weren't made to be anxious or fretful. Our, our, that it closes the door between our spirit, and our soul, and our body. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. Why? Because I can't work in your life when you do that. You're choosing to focus on this situation instead of focusing on me. And what's wonderful about this is no matter what situation we're in, Christ is greater. So don't let the devil sell you that swampland in Florida where he'll tell you that no one can understand you. No one's been through what you've been through, and they just don't get me, and no one can relate to me, and I have a right to feel the way I do, and I, 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 I'm just not made, and something went wrong. And He'll give you a thousand and one reasons why you can't be whole. And don't you listen to him. Don't you? You can be whole because God loves you and he provided his son for you and the resurrection power of Christ is outflowing in you continually. Get your mind back on who he is. Get your mind back on the resurrection power of Christ that's flowing inside of your spirit and open that door by praising him so the life of Christ can begin to flow into your mind and into your body. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Jen, come on up here. Thank you, Lord God, for teaching us how we work, for teaching us how we're made. God, you're so good. Lord, we're going to worship you because worship opens up the door. Lord, we open our door, the door of our soul to you. We say no to fear, no to anxiety, no to condemnation, no to depression and discouragement, and we choose to praise you. We choose to believe, believe that you are who you say you are, you have done what you said you've done, and that we have become who you made us to be in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord. God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Father, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, oh boy, I tell you. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I, I want to help you. It's time to be free, guys. Depression is is destroyed by choosing to focus on Jesus. For whatever reason, uh, you know, going through the stuff I went through, whatever, growing up, I mean, I, I battled some nasty internal thoughts, the f feelings. I felt like I was going to be buried alive for 
just, I'm just, I want you to, I'm saying this, I want you to know, whatever your current circumstance, this will pull you out of it. Don't buy into that. There's just something wrong. You're clinically this or you're clinically that. Listen, man's doing the best he can to understand you, but he's never gonna. Let's just be real. He didn't make you. So whatever man's label you as clinically, just grab a hold of Jesus and declare who you are in him. That's what turned my life around. I'm sure I was clinically a bunch of things. But through faith in Christ, I became, I became a new person. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, what you're doing is so exciting. And I realize, Lord, that there are those maybe hearing this might be kind of shocking and it's new and it might be frightening even. But there's nothing to be afraid of because your perfect love, your perfect love casts out every fear. We're done with being broken. We're done with, with living with less than you. We're done with depression and fear and anxiety. Your joy has become our strength. The light has come. We rise up today and we open the door of our soul and we say, come in, Jesus. Fix and mend and heal and make whole. In Jesus' name, in your name. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for everyone who is listening to this message here in this place and also through the internet. Holy Spirit, strengthen and encourage. Illuminate hearts. Illuminate souls with your very light that everyone that hears this would know and understand the hope of their calling, the riches of their inheritance in you, and the unlimited surpassing greatness of your power that is outflowing in their spirit right now. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.